A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello gorgeous girlies, Um, it's Izzy here just checking in to say and to remind you all that we are taking an AWD summer holiday for the month of August. Uh, There will still be content going up on this main feed. I actually just went through Patreon and grabbed five episodes that you guys wouldn't have heard before, the Patreon girlies have heard before, including two interview episodes with incredible women. Beam Me Up Softboy and Emma Louise Boynton, who talks all about sex therapy. One listener Q&A where we were chaotic and drunk and answering your questions, and I just listened back and was cackling. And two of our episodes, including this one, that aren't super timely and go into uh, topics that you can listen to anytime. So it's still relevant. There will still be um, brand new content going up on Patreon and via our Apple podcast subscription, of course. Five new episodes going up and those are all interviews with amazing women, including a long, sprawling, incredible conversation with the woman that we've wanted on the podcast for the past five years, but did nothing about it until she DM'd us herself, Miss Caroline Colloway. I'm going to keep the others a surprise. So all I'm going to say is an author a breakup specialist who I heard on a podcast and had to get on because she was incredible and mind-blowing and I think the girlies will uh, have this saved to send to any friends who are ever going through a breakup. Um, An actress and a writer and also um, with Patreon I know that we do feel like we kind of ham this into you guys a bit and obviously we completely appreciate that some people can't afford to subscribe and we love you all don't worry um but you know we've got to be girl bosses here we've got to be our own marketing girl boss pr people because this is our this is our business at the end of the day um and over on patreon for the month of august will be the place where you'll be able to pre-order the new merch that's coming so that'll be the first place that new merch is coming there'll be New episodes coming out there weekly. And we'll be back here in September. And you guys, don't worry. You'll still be able to get your hands on merch if you can't sign up to Patreon. Um, We'll see you then. We love you. Thank you for your support, as always. And please enjoy this episode where I was hungover and Grace had to talk for the entire time. Which is a nice change because I do ramble, as I am now. And she told me all about Tina Brown's scandalous book about the royals. So, enjoy. Ciao, ciao. 
Ladies. Hello, hello. I'm hungover. Is he's gonna shell of a human being? Just gonna put it out there. Just gonna be honest with the girls. I honestly get hungover so easily now. All I had, mm. well, one issue is that I've now gotten obsessed with Negronis about three years after everyone else, um, because basically, what's in a Negroni? I need to, I need to know for my own. Tell me. Life. Okay. One part Campari and one part means one OZ, which I think is like 30 mils, right? A shot. Yeah. One part Campari, one part gin, one part sweet red vermouth. Stir into glass over ice, garnish and serve with an orange peel. Mm. That make the idea of like lots of sweet red vermouth makes me feel sick. Those yeah, like treacly. What, well, what I like about it is it doesn't taste sweet. No, but the idea of like that amount of that being in your body, being yes. snuck in. Well, yes. <laughs> Thank you for reminding me. So yeah, I had that, and then I had half, only half of all the wine, and then I had another Negroni afterwards. And I went to a pub, and then we decided to go to a different pub, and I stole the Negroni that I had and just walked out and walked it into the other pub and sat down. That's good. Very economical of you, <laughs> yeah. cheeky girl. I was like, I'm not going to down this fucking Negroni. And then, yeah, anyway, now I'm hungover. Back in the day, that would have barely dented the scratch the surface for us. I know. My alarm just went off and Grace was like, what's that for? And I said it was to wake up. And it's 2 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> because I tried to have a nap before, but the minute I lie down for a nap, my brain starts going crazy. And yeah. then I left the house to get a sweet little treat and I couldn't find any I liked because the only close place is that restaurant nearby Vicky's and that man's crazy. Is the he? The owner man. Very bad energy when you go into that place. Yeah, I'm like, I walked past it. could feel the energy yes, from outside. He's so stressful. And I was like peering in trying to see what sweet treats they had. And I caught his eye and ran away. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I texted you asking if you were passing a cookie place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's sad. Oh, well, we can just deal with this um, Paloma, this tasty Paloma. The only way to get through it is to keep. The only drinking. thing I wanted to drink was a, the only thing I could fathom drinking was a was this Paloma. It's weird because when I I first drank a Paloma, obviously I would have heard it discussed in a like trendy way, but I didn't feel like I had. I feel like I felt like I just ordered it. So I feel <laughs> like I've started this movement when I know I haven't. And when we were, I was driving, I was on the like bus when to you yours. thought we made up the the phrase pea brain. Yes, exactly. Then I started hearing it everywhere and someone famous things. said it. And I was like, stranger is, things. Yeah, it was on Stranger Things. And someone else said it as well in a podcast. And I was like, this is huge for me. I'll <laughs> <laughs> trademark term. But there was a huge billboard and it was Patron and it was showing you how to make a Paloma. Mm. Interesting. You're welcome, Patron. <laughs> I know. I, I just went to the dairy to try and buy Patron and the man said it was 60 pounds. And I was like, well... Give me that other tequila with the hat on it. Yeah, the hat one. Yeah. It's still pretty good. Yeah, it's not bad. It's okay. Patron's so delicious. I know. We're so like to that point. <laughs> it's like how we had all these drinks when we were young and poor and hate them. Like vodka. Like I think if we drank. Nice vodka. Whatever. Grey Goose. We'd like vodka. <laughs> yes. I'm pretty sure we had this exact conversation last week. I'm supposed to be the hungover one. Oh. Um, okay, so something – there's a lot of Kardashian shit always, but one funny thing that happened kind of over the weekend was Kylie Jenner posting – so basically 
she's an idiot and what she did it's still up she hasn't she, they have no shame but she posted mine or yours with a photo of her and travis scott and their two private jets in the background and everyone was like dude like what the fuck can they not share one yeah can they not share one and then christina was just like put um, crown emojis in the comments (laughs) and then everyone kind of investigated like if she hadn't posted it i don't think she would have gotten so much shit but everyone investigated where she was flying to and she was flying for 15 minutes this is so crazy so then the guardian posted a thing i hadn't heard about this Oh, everyone was sharing it. Yeah, and then I was reading and then I saw this thing that was basically saying, like, Kylie Jenner isn't the only one who does this, and it listed the most fucked up short celebrity flights this year and the tons of carbon emissions. So I feel like no one cares about Floyd Mayweather, so we're going to skip him. Drake, Kylie's flight was 18 minutes, and it set off one ton of CO2 emissions. Drake did an 18-minute flight from like inside Ontario in Canada. And that for some reason was five tons. Don't know how that works. He probably has a bougie, a bigger one. Dicked out plane. Kim Kardashian did a 30 minute flight from San Diego to somewhere else in California. 30 minutes, three tons. Mark Wahlberg, weirdly, second time we've talked about him this week, <laughs> did a 40 minute flight that was four tons. And the four tons is equal to the average annual global emissions of just one person. Mm. Which still seems like a That's lot. A lot. <laughs> for, I'm like the average person. I feel like wouldn't even fly commercial that often in a year. Mm. Um. Yeah, she. Sorry, <laughs> I was just staring at the ice in your glass and like forgot what I was saying. But I don't even know why. Okay, this says 33 million tons is the amount of gas emitted by private jets, and it's more than the whole country of Denmark in a year. But the, here's the thing: I feel like I condemn celebrities for using private jets, but I also, if I'm being like deep down honest, I understand it because I feel like this is one of the things that I would invest in if I was a billionaire. Oh my <laughs> god, I know. Commercial is so I know. But what the the thing that's the most annoying about flying commercial is the airport yes and, and I'm other sure, people <laughs> yeah and, and other people but i'm like when you can skip all that because when you're really rich you can skip all that like we forget but you you can mm-hmm. you i've done it before for some weird reason Qantas like just gave me this insane i don't i, I don't even know and i like skipped so i had this thing where i skipped the complete line at customs yeah the the, fast track the fast track thing but even more premium than that like celebrities don't even go through that they go through a different thing so you don't actually see any other people it takes like two seconds and then you can go into first class it's like it's not that bad guys yeah i know but then i'm also like I know. I, just, I don't. I, I, it's fucked. They shouldn't do it. They should just be made illegal so they don't have the option. This is what I always think. But America is so anti like government intervention. But you just shouldn't have the choice to fly in your own personalized like billion dollar limousine in the sky where people just make you your favorite treats and food as I you know, want them. I know. It'd be so fun. It'd be so nice. I'm surprised that I know that Kylie Jenner is rich, but is she like two private jets rich? Yes. She's a billionaire. But how much do they cost? Cost. I don't know. But yeah, it's. I think what I just saw an independent article, which is kind of exactly how I feel, where it says Kylie Jenner's alleged private jet habit makes me feel like a mug for caring about the planet. 
Yeah, I mean, that is so true. Like, yeah, that's what I mean. I'm straw just like, one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Three billion. I dropped my glass straw on the ground yesterday and it broke and I got upset. And then I'm like, Kylie Jenner and everyone's, they're all just flying around secretly without us knowing. Three tons. All the time. She would be flying all the time everywhere. Yeah, because if you bought one. So it says here that a private jet can cost anywhere between $3 million and $660 million. So if you bought one. Say it would cost somewhere in the middle, like hundred million. You'd be like, well, I want to fucking use this to make it worth it. So then you'd use it for stupid short trips. It's such a like devil's bargain. Yeah, of course you wouldn't. Then if you owned one, you wouldn't yeah, then go to the airport. <laughs> yeah, and you'd be like, okay, I could probably drive here. I don't know. It's fucked, but I mean, yeah, it says yeah. This is, I mean, it's, this is just obvious, but I'm just reading this piece, and it's just like. It's just such a slap in the face that everyday working class people are the ones being guilted into taking fewer flights and using less plastic. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's so true. I've been reading, as I will tell you about shortly, two books this week about the royals. And I was surprised to learn that Prince Andrew has been like a menace forever. And he's like the only one in the family that ever insisted on flying by private jet and everyone else, even the queen, I think. Um, like either has or regularly does fly commercial because they just see it as such a yeah like I knew bad that. vibe basically yeah because people always spot them on planes yeah I thought that was like pub- publicity stunts they did now and again because I thought surely every single time they do it it would be in the news but I think they do it quite regularly mm. very cute Harry caught a whiz air flight did he <laughs> yeah I hate um Ryanair. This is such a stupid comment, but I hate Ryanair. And when it lands, it goes, it like plays some trumpet and then everyone claps. Is that Ryanair? I don't know. And it's like, and then everyone's like, whoa. That's fucked. They're probably like thrilled that they're cheap yes. piece of shit plane actually crash i know that it's like <laughs> celebrating that we're all still alive. <laughs> Apparently the Ryanair guy tried to charge you to he tried to charge you to pee and create a standing section and the like Supreme Court shut him down. Twice. My God. <laughs> I kind of get it because he was like, for a 40 minute flight, some people would pay like a dollar fifty instead of 10, like 20 pounds and just stand like a bus. But it's crazy. I guess I kind of get it too now. I want them to bring it in. <laughs> what I hate Cattle. about these stupid airlines in, um, over here is. It says you're like, oh my god, it's ten pounds to go to Greece, and then you click through, and it's like, if, yeah, exactly. Like, if you want to be able to bring clothes on your body, yeah. you need to pay an extra <laughs> blah blah. If you want to be able to have a seat, you need to pay an extra blah blah. If you want a bag, if you want a cabin bag, it's like an extra eighty. If you want a thing, and then by the end of it, you're really confused and paying lots of money. What's your view on like? I remember a very eye-opening part of my life was when I realized that it was a fashion thing to have like an in-flight routine, where people would interview people saying, "What's your in-flight routine?" To celebrities, and they'd say, "Well, I get on board, and then I change into pajamas, and then yeah. I put on a sheet mask, and then I blah blah blah, and then I have a baroque." And I remember getting so into that. Well, it only like, works if you're in business. Otherwise, it's just it's just tragic. insane and tragic. Yeah. I would do it in economy. Yeah. Put a sheet mask on. Um, no, not a sheet mask, but I'd have like a little, I don't know, just a plan. Like I'd wear, people would say, I wear like Uniqlo cashmere jumpers on the plane and mm, like. I hate that. Socks. Yeah, it's very. I don't know. I jarring. hate Yeah, I hate it. I hate that people even ask them about it. It's been, it's such a thing. 
Yeah. Well, that's why that stupid, not stupid, but that's why that, uh, what's it called? Fate, that uh, beauty brand, the flight. What's it called <laughs> in the blue mask? The blue mask that went viral and it was supposed to, you're supposed to wear it on the plane. Ah. Mm. Like an oxygen mask? No, like a face mask. Face mask, plane, blue. <laughs> Summer Fridays. Ah, is that what that was for? Summer Fridays jet lag mask. Oh, you're supposed yeah. to put it on on the plane, and it went yeah. and it went crazy. I feel like there was such an era of like in-flight beauty routines. Yeah, I like I like the idea of it. I just feel like I've gotten I just have gotten too lazy. At the end of every long haul flight, I so I always pack shit in my bag, and at the in the middle of the flights, I usually will go and change like my underwear my bra my tops and stuff because i just feel so just dis- say if we're flying back to, if i'm flying back to new zealand mm-hmm. and then at the end i always go into the bathroom for so long and piss everyone off because there's always a huge line at that point and i take my whole bag and i wash my face with cleanser dry it put moisturizer on brush my teeth brush my hair put my hair back and then i come out and everyone's glaring at me so I'm you like, can actually off. spot them you can see it's like yeah. such a game of it's like a Mexican standoff because you can see when, like, the, the girls start yes. going up and then you're like, fuck, okay, I've got to get it at, like, the right time. I feel like an hour before landing is good because... Yeah, that's what I do. Yeah. And then I eat my disgusting breakfast because I always have to select the vegetarian option and it's always... This is going to sound really off-brand because I love curry, but I don't want it for breakfast on mm-hmm. a plane. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So, yeah, if I had a private jet, I'd probably fly it all the time be so nice (laughs) i've got to fly business for work a few times and it was like i think the best thing that's ever happened to me yeah each of those experiences are in my top 10 experiences and then when you get off it you're like i don't care what it costs next time i'm just gonna book it and it's like ten thousand dollars dollars for one flight i know and i feel like even if i was very wealthy i would find that quite hard to part with i know i agree for a short for such a short-term experience yeah I know. I feel the exact same. I do it all the time. I'm always like, what's premium? What's business? And then every time I look at it, I'm just like, I would just rather have that extra. I think for me to fly premium back to London, it was like 750 pounds, which isn't that much. Oh, yeah, it's pretty good. To add onto my ticket. Mm-hmm. And I and then I, but, and then I was at the airport and I was kind of like, just do it. And then I was like, oh, I'd still just rather have the 750 pounds and just like be uncomfortable for a 12... Two 12 hour periods in a row, and then buy myself a little treat. A big treat, yeah. especially because I enjoy now just like my new in flight routine. Actually, when I got in trouble at work because I put up a picture on Instagram being like, in flight beauty routine, like drink two gin and tonics and take three sleeping pills and like knock yourself out for 12 hours. And then they told you you were the editor um, was like, trashy. This is off brand. <laughs> yeah, they're like, this is incredibly off brand for the title. <laughs> Um, I thought it was on brand. No, you were drinking like a fucking, you were literally drinking like a martini in business class. I was like, this yeah. couldn't be any more on brand. And taking sleeping pills and sleeping through the whole flight. I was like, yeah. you guys, you don't know what you've got here. Yeah. An ambassador. But I feel like, yeah, it's a, such a waste of time as well because now my in-flight beauty routine is to literally tranquilize myself until I get to the other end. Yeah. So I'm not going to like be sitting there at the bar. Yeah, I flew business once and... Um, there was, I can't remember what airline it was, but it was some really bougie airline where business class and first class had a lounge that Mm. you could go into, which sounds so insane. 
It was yeah. tiny, but it was still like you got out of your seat and could go and sit in a lounge and have a drink. Yes. And so I went and did that and then made friends. I'm sure this is this has definitely been on the podcast before, but I'm sorry, it's been three years and <laughs> well, how many We're not made of anything. <laughs> um and then this woman was remember she was flying she was in first and she'd come up and we got chatting and she was flying to Europe to try on her wedding dress or something. Oh my god. Or pick it up or something. I was like, you're an icon. That's, yeah, fab to be that rich. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say one more thing, but I've forgotten. Tell me about the Royals. Already. Okay, yeah, the Royals is great. So I've read, I've been reading, reading, listening to the audio books of, because I've got all these fucking accrued mm-hmm. audible credits. And I was like, buy War and Peace and like listen to some proper literature. But then I saw these two royal titles <laughs> and I was like, hook these into my fucking veins. <laughs> The first one is so naughty. It's called Revenge by Tom Bauer. And it's like the biggest hit job on, Me- on Meghan and Harry ever. But he's like quite a respected biographer. So I think all the stuff in there is legit, but it's so biased. It's like insane because the only person, basically Meghan and Harry, he did this hit job on Prince Charles like five years ago. So it's not like he's super pro-royal. Um, and Prince Charles tried to get it like shut down. But the thing is that he's done so many of these books over the years and no one has successfully been allowed to sue him. So being able to sue him because he's like so ironclad with his stuff. Wow. He's like very So what he's saying is true. Pretty much. So Harry and Meghan, when they found out that he was doing this, told all their friends, do not say a word to him because of the Charles thing. But I actually think that was maybe was bad for them because the only people that have spoken to them are people that don't like Samantha them. Markle. <laughs> Samantha and Tom. Is she in it? Um, I, don't, I think she's so, like, not respected now that I think maybe he would have used her for some, like, background stuff, but he doesn't quote her heavily. Really, yeah. But he talks to Tom quite a bit. But I've actually even changed my view on Tom Markle now, which is fucked. No. But um, he – I think it was kind of a mistake for Megan and Harry because there's so many people with like access to grind with them. And Megan adore her because this is probably what all of us would do. But she just the second she went public with Prince Harry or like the second they got engaged, she just cut dead like 95% of the people she used to know and be friends with. So there's so many people willing to like talk shit about talk her. shit about her and talk like thing, which is horrible. But um I think Megan yeah. so <laughs> I don't have anything against Megan, but I do think she is a bit of a ladder climber. Yes. And I think she's probably been like that her whole career. And I think that that's why she cut off like 95% of the people because those people were people she was kind of like friends with because she needed to network or because they got her places or because blah, blah, blah. And once she got to the top, she was just like, oh, I don't actually need these connections anymore, maybe. Exactly. I think that's it. And I don't think that that's even – like I, we've always said about Meghan Markle, it's like you can be strategic and be like a social climber and be someone that's very focused and ambitious on your career and it doesn't make you like a terrible person. Yeah. A lot of people do that and it just doesn't come out in like Yeah, books. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but basically, so I listened to that and then the one I like liked a lot more was Tina Brown, Queen. She's released a new book called The Palace Papers. Love. And it's, so Diana Chronicles was up until Diana died. And now this is like from Diana's death up till today. Royal family. And there's lots of stuff, I guess, because we, I feel like I didn't care about the royals, like cared about Diana and then cared about. 
Harry yes. and Meghan. Yeah, <laughs> like I didn't care about anything in between, so I didn't know so much of the stuff. But I'm actually – I find it quite random that Tina Brown does that. Same. I'm like, of all the things, <laughs> yeah. you should spend your time doing Yeah. She's like a respected ex-Vanity Fair editor. She was the editor of The New Yorker, which I always forget. That's yes. like so crazy. Yeah. And then she just writes about the royals. <laughs> yeah, like this – It's so like this random. Book, when you're listening to it, like this is so much research you must have done. Like flew all over the world. I don't know. Maybe she gets paid a lot. Mm. But there's some good tidbits that I want to tell you about. Please. So first, forgot how hot Prince William was. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. I just need to show you this picture that she referenced. Was she talking about how hot he was? Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know that picture well. And hot this man. Obviously as well. Yes. <laughs> so hot. And she was. She just captured, which I think we missed, how everything was about Prince William in like the – kind of mid aughts mm. like every girl in England wanted to like boost him and marry him he was like the biggest heartthrob like this huge pop culture figure and people just didn't care about Harry and now it's obviously the opposite it's so funny that he ended up with Kate so this is what I'm excited to tell you because okay. I knew like nothing about their backstory I knew they like met at uni mm-hmm. and they broke up and got back together yes so that's it but the story is so good so her mom Carol is like big social climber yes. vibes and she was an air hostess, married Kate Middleton's dad, and then she started this party planning business. Yes. And within a year, it was making like a million pounds a year. And her husband quit his job at like British Airways and helped her. It's just so weird. It's like. Wait, so are they new money? No. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. She came from like poor miners from Liverpool, her parents were, or something. Random. So she really jumped forward. And then sent Kate to, like, a really posh all-girls school. And Kate was bullied, Jada. Mm. So she had to be pulled out after thing. And then she was sent to a a mixed but still posh school. But basically she met Prince William. I don't know if she met him directly, but there was, like, a sporting event when they were both 10 years old that they were both at at school because her school mixed with his school. And her mum, like, got it in her little brain <laughs> that she wanted to, like, hook them up. And basically, like, years later, I think Kate – I don't think she'd met him before, but um, she had basically always wanted to go to this one university and study this one specific course. And then her mum read in the paper that Prince William was taking a gap year and studying art history at St. Andrew's College in Scotland. So she made Kate pull out of university, do a gap year, and study art history at St. Andrews in Scotland. And she got a friend of a friend of a friend to get her put into the um, student housing room directly below his. What? Yeah. Like wild. But how did he even, that's so crazy. I know. I love it. <laughs> I know. I love that's it too. Why, like, it's so funny that everyone thinks Megan is this like scheming schemer where it's like Kate, I get that her mum was doing the moves, but just as much so. Yeah. Because you'd have to be. I'm like, it, like, you can't pretend that not every single person would want to date, though, not everyone, but like so many people would want to date them. Of course, you need some strategy. You're not going to just bump into him. Yeah, but that's so crazy. So then apparently, so then I, I don't know, when I first got on TikTok, I weirdly got into all these like royal holes of following people. And I followed this girl that kept talking about, yeah, Harry and kate and all these kind of conspiracies and yeah she was talking about kate's mum, and then she said that william dumped kate because he he was just like oh i'm not sure about this 
and started dating like hot thotty girls mm, for a yes. bit. So she basically, the mum said, you need to prove him that he can like trust you. So she made Kate get a boyfriend for the first year and just be like a sexless friend to him. And so she would just like hang out and talk to him about classwork and let him like copy her notes and all of this stuff. And at the end of first year, he, and he was like the original Wagatha Christie where with with all of his friends in first year of college, he used to leak to them all fake news stories. And then if any leaked, he knew who did it and would cut them out of his circle. Oh my God. Also, I meant to send you this and I didn't. And it's on my computer because I screenshot it. It's a Metro article. It says date of Wagatha Christie verdict announced. (gasps) Dot, dot, dot. Uh, it's dot, 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 dot. Tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow. As in tomorrow. As in tomorrow. tomorrow. By the time this episode is out, we'll know the Wagatha Christie. Wait. Verdict. Yeah. I am so team Rooney. Mm. Rebecca Vardy's so naughty. Do you remember we talked about how they like threw all the evidence in the ocean? Yes. <laughs> um. Anyway, so then she had like proved that she was trustworthy. So he was good doing a share house in his second year and invited her to be in his share house. And then in the second week of uni, when they started living together, there was the charity fashion show and he'd made a comment about being, ex- he'd bought the front row seat because he was excited to see all the hot girls. And then her mum was like, Kate, pull the trigger. And she went down the runway That's and that like right. skimpy see-through thing. But that was, and then Tina Brown has this great line where she says that night he like trailed her around this party, like a puppy dog. And they, probably bushed for the first time like hooked up for the first time um and then tina brown says that everyone has framed that as like the night that wills made his first move but like i see it as the night kate made her first move and they secretly dated for like four years and then kate's mom told her to like not let it get out in the press at all because that would fuck it up because it would like cause pressure basically and he would just probably cut her off so they secretly dated for years lived in this house together through dinner parties and they would go to parties together, not talk, not touch, not whatever, and then leave separately so that no one except their housemates knew that they were dating until like four years in. Then it came out. When it came out, she <laughs> um, was That's basically... crazy. It's so, it's so interesting because her whole thing was, and I guess it's different when you meet someone when you're like 20 maybe, but she just made herself available for him 24-7, like... She never went away on holidays. She never, like, did girls' trips. She um, didn't get a job for her first three years out of uni. She was just, like, basically sitting around. So whenever he texted her, she could, like, be there. And then the queen said once it came out that they were dating that it was, like, a really bad look that she didn't have a job. So she got a job as the accessories buyer at Jigsaw. Oh, my God, I didn't know that. I was, like, scream. Yes. And they would take photos of her at work every day. And her boss said that. She was just like, they won't leave till they get a photo. So she would just go out in the morning and be like, and then they'd go. <laughs> but she was also, she worked at her parent the, at the party planning store. Her mum said it was like the perfect foil. So she could be like not working and available, but like look like she had a job. Oh, is Jigsaw the party planning store? Jigsaw is the random clothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Jigsaw's a clothing brand. But she also, but she also worked, yeah, at, like, worked, the parents, like, worked yes. at the parents thing in between. Um, and then... He, Everyone thought he was going to propose to her on her 25th birthday and it was everyone was so confident about it and the palace was so confident about it that Marks and Spencers put like 1 million Kate and Will's engagement mugs into production. 
because everyone was so sure it would happen. And then instead he went away with his family for a few days. He invited her to some event and she said, I'm not coming to any more events with you till you propose. And then he went away with Prince Charles and then he called her the next day and she thought he was going to pop the question and he broke up with her and was like, this is too much pressure. I don't want to get married yet. This is too much. And then her her and her mom like regrouped and she just <laughs> said go out and like look like the hottest bitch ever so she went out in like those little mini shorts yes. to all those parties and was like flirting with billionaires and other royals and apparently like three months later which i find random he called her and like begged for her back he still didn't propose for another four years wow yeah crazy or another three years red hot oh my god i, I can't believe that that's in the book like, yeah all that stuff so is in the much book. stuff in the book it's because so detailed because Basically, what I was thinking about that from was, wow, <laughs> fucking ice. ice, was, wow, that's wild to know. But then it's wild that, like, Will will now know this. Yeah. I know. I always wonder that. Like, because I did stuff think... about Megan. I'm like, I guess Harry would just not read it because he Harry wouldn't believe it. Harry wouldn't believe any of that stuff. But I, but I think that all the stuff that Tina Brown is writing about I don't know. Do you think Will just wouldn't believe it? Um, I feel like maybe it was considered like semi, it was part of like the narrative around her anyway. Not to that extent, but like the idea that her mom like helped her coach her through everything. Like she was seen as a real kind of How would her mom. mom know how to catch a prince? I don't know, but it should, I, I need to fucking get Carol Middleton on my... But she fucking did it. She smashed it. And they said she that at up. the... At the wedding, she just they just like cut to her in her outfit and she just looked she was like the cat that got the cream. Oh my god. She's Especially, gonna be the Queen of England. Sorry to interrupt. Especially because they're new money. I thought that they were old money and that it was kind of like this I don't know, set up where the Queen and the palace and everyone thought that she was a great girl for him to be with, so it was considered kinda like controversial because she was so middle class and not like Aristo. Yeah. So she was kind of like the people's princess before Megan came along. I know. And her whole thing has been to just shut up and not talk and just be very like heads down, do the job, which made me, it just gave me a, a kind of new perspective on them and feel a bit of sympathy for them because I think they've taken this very specific view of public life, which is to... It's like we were talking about with Kate Moss, like the never complain, never explain thing. They're very, very quiet and reserved. And like the way that Megan kind of went after her in that Oprah interview, they kind of did that knowing they would never have an opportunity to like defend themselves. Mm. Kind of gave me like, a, there's so much that's been painted onto them that's made them look really bad in the wake of the Megan and Harry stuff. But then there's also been like no context from their end. And I think that that would be really hard. Get Kate on Oprah. Please get Kate on. What's the English equivalent? There isn't one. The Do you Morgan think, show. wait, did Tina say anything about Will fucking the neighbor? No, that's like so. There's nothing. That's so hushed up. It's like crazy. I don't know. Like the whole press must have just made an agreement to never talk about it. Rose. Rose. What's her name? Yeah. the What did they call them? The turnip toffs or whatever. <laughs> They're so random. Yeah. Do we believe that? I feel like the fact that it's been so hushed up makes me believe it more yeah. than if it was put everywhere. I think Kate looked, Kate looked quite strained for a while. 
Yeah, and remember when she snatched her hand away from him? Yes, like Melania. Yeah. Melania. Melania. That's what I reckon. I can Harry and Megan know that they were like fed to the wolves to deflect like deflect from that story and i also think wasn't that rumored to be a reason that harry and will fell out in the first place because everyone was saying that they fell out because will was warning harry that he was moving too fast with megan Mm -hmm. which is like fair enough (laughs) because it was pretty fast yes and then um but there was this other like narrative that harry was angry at will for cheating on kate well, this um, Tina Brown's book suggests that they their rift was like years and years and years and years in the making. Really? And that she had no idea the extent of it until she started researching the book. Aww. Apparently, Harry um, came back out of the army and like William and Kate settled into like, I think they're quite boring, which I don't think surprises anyone. Like mm. they're just like being at home, being domestic doing like me country (laughs) things gardening and such and harry felt quite isolated and then he felt like he kept having really good pr ideas about initiatives so he really wanted to get do like mental health stuff why he suits megan so much i know it's really cute and then um and then basically every time he wanted to do something it was like given to william and kate because they're the heir and Tina Brown was basically saying that, which is really cute, but, like, Diana raised them to always feel like equals to mm. each other and that it was never really explained to Harry or he never really understood that, like, they could never be equals as adults because, like, he would always have to be sacrificed to keep William protected. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he would – William will always get all the good events and all the good charities and all the good initiatives because he – Harry can't be more popular than Will and he always felt, like, annoyed by that. And it, I think there was a few, like, charitable ideas, which sounds stupid, that he kind of stole from Harry that he was really annoyed about. And then with Megan, so – oh, and then the other thing she said was that apparently Harry um, had been saying he wanted to leave the royal family for years. Mm. So she thinks that he, part of the reason he fell in love with Megan was because it was, like, an out. Wow. Um, that she had, like – roots and was established in America and had these relationships with like Serena Williams and Oprah and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Also red hot. So get onto the Megan stuff, which is just like so much of it is so silly, but so funny. Apparently with the Vanity Fair shoot, did you read this headline? Mm, what is it? Um, so she had, apparently she like kind of lied to Harry who, cause he didn't watch suits, didn't understand it. And said that Vanity Fair wanted to shoot her for the cover for Suits 100 episode. <laughs> and like, not But what was the truth? Oh, because, it's because she, she was, was just dating, dating Harry. Him. Yeah. Yeah. So he um, thought that she was just doing it as like a Hollywood. Oh, and then thing what does it shoot. say? It's like- and then the cover said, I'm wild. She's just wild about Harry or something. Oh my God. And apparently when she saw it, she it says she called up her people and was like hysterical, like screaming, losing her shit because it was before they were engaged. So she thought that – and Kensington Palace were really angry about it as well because they were like, we hadn't been told. <laughs> she was strictly – and she wow. was strictly told. <laughs> she just can't help herself. It's just like her down to a T. 
she was told before, like, do not talk about us as a couple. Do not answer anything about us as a couple. Do not discuss Harry. And then, like, the first, the interviewer had been told that. So he tried to ask her anyway. And then she said, talk to me about Prince Harry. And she was like, the quote is so funny. It's like, we're a couple. We're in love. I love a great love story. Don't you? We're just having a great time. It was like this long, long, long quote <laughs> that made me laugh so much. And then she... So, she wait, she was worried because he hadn't proposed to her yet and she was worried that the cover would come out and he would break up with her? Yes, that the royals would say, this is insane, this is too much. No, you can't be with her, basically. Yeah. Um, but they still ended up getting engaged. And then I think, as bad as I feel saying it, I feel like there is some, like, truth to these bullying claims. Mm. I think it's like... What does Tina say? Tina basically says that... Because that other book goes into them, right? But, yeah, both books kind of go into them. Tina's much more... um, Like, balanced. Balanced and level-headed. But I feel like she also has this awareness of not wanting... There's a lot of stuff that the first book goes into that Tina, I feel like, purposefully doesn't because she... But it's factual, if that makes sense. Like this Tom Bauer guy. So she guy. doesn't because she wants to stay on side with them or something. I feel like she just feels like she gets enough shit so she wants to kind of frame it as she's right. in a really stressful situation right. and there's like these huge, um, which are all true, like cultural differences between Americans and the palace. Mm-hmm. And like she, be- the biggest thing Tina Brown says is like the fact that Megan's context for the royals for, as an American was that they are like mega celebrities, whereas no one in the royal family views themselves as a celebrity. They think celebrity culture is like gross and the opposite of what they're yeah. about and terrible. So like they don't fly private jets. They'd spend not much money on their food. They like live in these palaces. But yeah, Megan thinks to- she's like <laughs> moving into the Kardashians, she Calabasas. Was Dior PR asking for freebies. It's so jarred. And Kate uh, like oh. Kate had been offered obviously so much over the years and every single time they say we do not accept gifts as royals, but thank you. My God. And she was like actively sending us herself. <laughs> Please send to attention, Megan Markle. Megan Markle at the palace. Um I know, so she Tina Brown basically just says there was this huge incompatibility from the start. So when Megan moved in, she really felt like everyone she was, was like, just being I don't lazy. Want this shit. <laughs> Literally, she was like, Where are the free dresses? So she was just confused because she just, she viewed it almost as like, she wanted Tig to be the Tig to be the next group. Like, that's how she talked about it with people. She was really business minded. She was all about like cross promotional opportunities and running her herself like a personal brand. Apparently, once she was at Soho House and ordered like a tea and it came in a mug and she was like oh my god this is so off-brand and like made them change it to a different cup in front of a book publisher who was going to publish a book about the tig and then they said they didn't want to work with her after that meeting because she seemed so like high maintenance really there's definitely stuff in there where the more she kind of she got in with this like social set in canada and it was like the prime minister's son and his wife, Jessica Mulroney. And yeah, this, got a bit this big is what I mean. It's yeah. like she's clearly, you can tell that the whole time she was like social climbing. Yes. And then, yeah, this is why she has all of these random ragtag friends, yes. like, like Jessica Mulroney. It's like, obviously, you guys just aren't like randomly friends. You're friends with this Jessica Mulroney chick because she's high profile. And then yes. now she's not even friends with her anymore. Exactly. And she, um, sorry, I could go on about this all day. I'll wrap up. No, please continue. It's so interesting. She, they, the Vanity Fair guy who profiled her for Vanity Fair 
said that when he called Serena, she said he asked her for a list of her friends to fact, like to get some quotes and that she only gave Jessica Mulroney and Serena Williams. And when he called Serena Williams, she said that they weren't friends and that she was like an acquaintance she'd met a couple of times. And I think she met her at like an event and Mm -hmm. Tina Brown says she love bombed her. She did it with, she said it was her thing that if she met, I think it was Serena Williams, Priyanka Chopra, like Jessica li- Mulroney, literally anyone super famous, Misha Nunu, and then she would say, like when she adopted, I feel, I, I feel bad, but like when she adopted her dog, Gus, yeah, Gus, and then what's the one, Boga. Why do I know him? I don't know anything. Do you know that today I looked up today, Grace? I looked in my diary. I'll show you right here because it's in front of me, and it says, "Where is this today?" Okay, you know, I'm not joking. It says Emma dinner. And I looked at this and I thought, who the fuck is Emma? I literally said, who is Emma? And my brain was like, who is Emma? Who is Emma? Who is Emma? Who is Emma? And then I was like, oh my God, it's the girl who's living with the you. The girl you're living She's with. She's literally like, living. That's her, her bedroom. Like, who is Emma? Like right in front of me. Like, who is Emma? Yes. And then I just remembered Megan Markle's dog's name is Gus. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So when she adopted Gus and Bogart, Ellen DeGeneres had said like on her show, this shelter in Hollywood is great for adopting dogs. And when, and then Megan Markle went and adopted two dogs and she posted on Instagram, hugging it saying, um, thank you so much. Ellen DeGeneres for the heads up, like love, like acting as if, Oh my God. Ellen had personally told She's her like to the, do the it. She's like the original influencers who buy the yes. like Gucci and then post it and say, thank you, Gucci. Literally. She did oh that. Oh my God. And it works. I, it Proof literally it works. works. And then Front, she wait, fake it till you make it. She faked it till she made it so hard. And I respect the hustle. And she I basically found out <laughs> that Bogart, who was like the lab, golden Labrador or something, or a retriever, he was the half brother dog of some famous person and when she found out, she basically wasn't going to get him and then basically bombed the rescue center with emails from all her most influential friends trying to make them give her this dog. And then she got the dog and then she emailed. I can't remember who the person is, but it was this famous actor who she didn't know. And then she emailed the famous actor and said, our dogs are brothers. Like, I just found out by accident our dogs are brothers and made them meet up and then pull over Instagram, them like meeting up and the dogs reuniting as if she was friends with him as well. So she did like all these things. Wow. Which is very Hollywood, like very. I want to be more <laughs> conniving. <laughs> well, look how it worked. It was just That's so what I mean. funny I'm like, look at it. Kate and Megan. Yeah, this is what you got to do to marry Prince. But um, she... Uh, so she, there was a bunch of things like that, that were just fascinating and funny tidbits, but the big one, the reason I feel sorry for her dad. Oh, and when she broke up with her husband, whatever his fucking name is, she like said yes to the proposal before suits was picked up for the show. And then when the show started to take off, they got married and she banned everyone at the wedding from taking photos. Um, which people think now is because she like knew she was going to dump him and didn't want any evidence of it. And the only photo of their wedding is one that Thomas Markle accidentally shared. Cause like there was no photos of it anywhere. And, um, they, she, she kind of just ghosted her husband and then <laughs> dumped him. And when she dumped him, she FedEx, she did it by FedExing her engagement ring and wedding ring to his house. That's so hard. That's really ruthless. <laughs> Because she was dating, like, a hockey player or something secretly. And then um, 
Wait, what was the other thing? So, so she was kind of, she wanted, like, she came to England. She definitely, like, sucked up and sidled up to Pierce Morgan, no question, and then left him for dead, as you obviously would. But, yes. like, he shared his DMs with her to Tina Brown, which is really funny. Huh? She was basically just, like, going to be what? in the UK, would, like, love to hang out. He shared his DMs with Tina Brown with yeah. Meghan Markle. Yeah. And, and what was, did she say? They'd been like, he liked suits. So he'd like tweeted her about liking suits. And then she was like, hey, like just something stupid. Just like, hey, you're going to be in the UK. and would like absolutely love to catch up. Like, let me know when you're free or something. But she like initiated them hanging out and then talked to him about how she wanted to be on a TV show like Made in Chelsea. Oh, my God. Which is crazy. So her, she had aspirations, but they were much lower than Prince Harry. And then being introduced to Prince Harry was just like. The luckiest coincidence ever. Yeah, but how was she introduced to Prince Harry? Because I know that we've been told it was through like some some Ralph Lauren stylist or something like that who was a mutual friend. But I'm like, I find it strange that anyone who's a mutual friend of Meghan Markle really is like this. But I guess she's very sweet to who she needs to be sweet with. Yeah, it was like a new friend, which I think is always seems to be the thing. Yeah. Like, so she, Ralph Lauren... Dressed her, invited her to go to Wimbledon. She was sat next to this woman called Violet something something, who was a childhood friend of Harry and Williams, but was not super like, was like in the society game, but not like a big name yeah. in it. So she like loved the attention from this actress. Right. And then she was saying, I really want to move to England. I love England. Let me know if you have any like eligible guys to set me up with. And then. What? And she thought Prince Harry. And she literally said Prince Harry. Like, it's she just – she, like, won the lottery. It was, like, right place, right time, right everything. And she just knew how to play the game. Go from there. But Tina Brown was, like, they were literally the perfect people for each other at the perfect time because, like, Megan wanted, you know, like, status and she was doing all the UN and World Vision stuff. You know, they both kind of insinuate it was partly done to, like – she really admired people like Emma Watson and Angelina Jolie and, like – Loved what they did, but also loved that brand image. Mm-hmm. But um, she really wanted that, like, global <laughs> fame and respect. And he really wanted someone that was, like, super outside the royal thing that could kind of take him away from the whole world. And he really wanted to settle down. Yeah. And both Tina Brown and Tom Bauer say that she, like, meticulously researched him before because she talked to like basically she had a london publicist who she who keeps talking because she feels like she was dumped (laughs) like really nastily Mm -hmm. by megan she megan dumped her as soon as she started dating harry but then they were doing a like an event somewhere near where this publicist was and megan like refused to acknowledge she knew her when she met her (laughs) she was like this is so random <laughs> so me being like high grace when you start dating someone famous and you're like who are you <laughs> that's so funny so wait the publicist is now speaking and saying that she was helping megan do research on harry not that she was helping her do research but that she was like talking beforehand about how she was so excited and about how she'd better not like fuck it up kind of thing and then yeah they i both guess that's said, fine though. which is fine and then like they both i she said that I don't know what her evidence was, but she's the one that told them both that she knew that Megan had done, like, research on him and came really prepared. But it just – Tina Brown said, which I think is so true, she was, like, her Suits co-workers 
said that she used to do like all this insane research for like these tiny references on suits. She was like yeah. a very studious. I mean, people research who they're going on dates with. And of like if it's would. Prince Harry, you would. But didn't she lie and say she knew nothing about Yeah on Oprah? She said that she like yeah, I didn't get, know yeah. who he was. I mean, I get it, but yeah. it's just so yeah, there's a in I would recommend the Tina Brown one definitely, but there's so much And you're listening to it on audiobook. Yeah, I love and that Tina so Brown much. reads it. I, I genuinely think the most engrossed I've ever been listening to a podcast was that podcast you're wrong about, about, was it Diana, like the four-part series on Diana? Yeah. I remember going for a run, and usually when I go for a run, I have to listen to podcasts because I need to be, like, music's just not distracting enough from my thoughts. I need to be, like, listening to someone talk. And when I was running listening to that, I was just like, I could run forever. The rest like, of my ever life. and ever, because it's so interesting it's a great way to listen to it like i feel like if i sat and read this as a book i would just get bored mm. but like and listening to tina brown read it out loud it just feels like a long 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 podcast it's 17 hours long yeah i don't know how i've squeezed it in i love so much that you've just talked us through literally an entire episode of after we dress <laughs> we're at 49 Are minutes we? oh my god but we talked shit about private jets for a long time at the start yeah um and also i like really appreciate it because i'm so hungover that i can't like i actually feel like if we were to do a normal episode i wouldn't be able to pull it together but you've just made this like so interesting this is so perfect it's a, a little treat a you little treat. be hungover and just listen to goss i'm yeah. trying to think if there's anything else from that i think that was yeah i'm just to- with the bullying thing sorry to go into no. that why i think it's legit it was literally like so jason Knout for whatever his name is who a lot of people demonize now because they think that he is like prince williams whatever agent of chaos that's like trying to fuck over the sussexes but he was their private secretary for like two years and he tried really really hard for like a really long time and like protected them and defended them and he they literally had three young female assistants quit back to back in the like the course of like eight months and every single one said that they were like humiliated and reduced to tears by Megan in like public meetings that have been like verified by other people that were in the meetings and apparently oh apparently the cape god there's so much in this book I could literally do a two-hour thing Apparently the Kate bridesmaid thing, why Kate was so like is so upset and will like never talk to Megan again, is because apparently what happened was Megan yelled at Kate or did something in frustration because they're mm-hmm. having a fight about the bridesmaid dresses because mm-hmm. Kate thought Charlotte's dress was too short and didn't fit her properly, which I feel like is fair enough if you're like a mother and your child's three. Yes, that's like okay. Yes, and apparently Kate went back to the apartment and cried didn't realize i guess maybe megan also went back to her apartment and cried and then apparently kate came over to her with flowers as a like peacemaking thing like mm-hmm. not to apologize for her behavior but to be like look yeah. this is stressful let's figure this out yeah and then kate uh, megan went on oprah being like this was her apology thing and apparently she said to her look like i want to work this out blah 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 but I've had lots of complaints about how you've been speaking to my staff and you need to not like talk to them that way. And apparently Megan slammed the door in her face and threw the flowers in the bin. What? I know. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. The star sign is Megan. <laughs> <laughs> sign is Megan. She's, oh my God, she's a Leo. 
That makes complete sense. That means her birthday's. Oh, her birthday's August. She's in, wait, when's her birthday? Um, sorry. No, this is great. Fourth of August. Yeah, so her birthday's really soon. It's Leo season. I was with three mental Leos last night. Like, this all makes complete sense. You know, you know, Leos are like supposed to be the performers and like all about them and uh-huh. really yeah. kind of. New York Post says Prince Harry and Meghan Markle have mind blowing astrological chemistry. <laughs> wow. Um, oh yeah, and then the last thing is that what all of the people that worked with Megan who quit because she was allegedly bullying them, it like really jibed with all these people that worked on her with her on the set of this ad campaign for this store called Reitman's, which is like a pretty mid-level like department store in Canada. And they did like a Rachel Zane suits collab like capsule collection with her and then renewed it and the second one happened to come out the week that her relationship with prince harry was revealed so that like it was like the luckiest thing ever for them because they sold so much stuff but like terrible for her and apparently on the first shoot she was like just nice and professional and like normal and by the second one she'd obviously started dating prince harry i've heard this Tell, tell the girls she'd started dating prince harry but no one knew and apparently she was just this like Someone monster. monster on the set, like three separate people that were on the shoot told both Tom Bauer and I think Tina Brown that she was the meanest person they'd ever worked with in their whole career and that she basically refused to talk to anyone on the set or make eye contact with anyone on the set except for the director and was making like really disparaging comments about the clothes and saying that no one on the set was like chic or had any sense of style <laughs> and then demanded that they buy her like a, that she wear a pair of Aquazura pumps which are like her favorite shoes mm. um in one of the shots and then she like left the set with the shoes which were of only course. meant to be like on loan but of, of what they said about how she would belittle and humiliate people like she apparently uses this really like passive aggressive tone that just makes you seem like a moron in front of everyone is like exactly the same as what the people who were doing the wedding the planning who quit like Basically, because of how the palace came out with the bullying rumors, it, it did really seem like they were just doing it. A smear campaign a thing because it was right before Oprah, right? Yes, which was like a big mistake, I think. Yeah. Because I think like- Were it, they just trying to bury it and they were just never going to come out with it? Yeah, I think I basically they'd been criticized because they were like, you're just not investigating bullying, allegations of bullying in the royal family because you're worried about- people criticizing you for having an ulterior motive but like it doesn't matter it you still as a like company or whatever as a business royal family as an institution you still have to follow yeah that hr protocol yeah um and it's i think when people thought about the bullying allegations we probably thought of people like in the crown like those old fuddy-duddy men Mm -hmm. you know where we're like it's so stupid but all the people she's accused of bullying are like young girls in their early 20s that were like recent graduates you know that were like starting their careers so i do think if it's true that is really bad yeah well it just reminds me of like mags yeah like mean mean girls and mags and it can change you you know she's like maybe without that context of like getting that power she wouldn't behave that way you know 
So, wow. Drama. Drama, drama, drama. Who do you like more, Kate or Megan? Just neither. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still team Megan because I feel like she's just, I don't know. I just appreciate the hustle. I appreciate the hustle. Girl boss energy. <laughs> she's like girl she's boss. She's the last away. girl boss standing. She's literally the last girl boss standing. And if she relaunches the TIG, I'll literally scream. It would be so good. She definitely would want to. Yeah. I'm, I, I feel bad because I feel like all their scheming and stuff has kind of like led them into this really weird position that they're in now. And they're obviously just floundering and confused about what they're doing. And yeah. Yeah, they've just done it so badly. Like, that's what Tina Brown said. She said that actually what they are trying to do, Diana, she had lunch with Diana in New York, like, two weeks before Princess Diana died. And Diana was telling her about her plans to do, like, all these media projects, like, start producing documentaries and start producing, like, radio shows and do all these things that tied to her philanthropic goals that were also entertainment things. And she was like, what Prince Harry and Meghan seem to be trying to do is very similar, but Diana's was so much more dynamic. Well thought out. Yeah. yeah. And just made more sense yeah. where they've tried to do everything at once. And it's Wait, just did they across. even release that fucking, yeah, they, did they? The Invictus Games Netflix documentary? Like, please, nobody needs that. It's coming out in December. So this is the last bit of tea I'll tell you because we have to finish. But in December, Harry's book and the Invictus Games doc. Are both coming out. I can't believe Harry's writing a book. I forget, I forget, I forget. Insane. And apparently he's got a lot of – basically they now, because they have this reputation of taking this money and running and not doing the work, <laughs> Collins are like – and Netflix have both been like, you'd better give us some good shit in both of these. So he's under all this pressure to like spill the tea. At the same oh, time – I feel bad for them. I know. I feel bad for them too. Kate and William are basically going on like – a war offensive and are launching they have this like environmental photography competition called earth shot or something and they are launching the new winner in america in december in boston it's like almost yeah, but the no, same that's date. boring but like they're going to be in america doing this their first huge american tour in like 10 years right. the same month that invictus games and Harry's book are coming out. That feels like a bad thing. I know. All the press will be like asking them about it. Yeah. Um, it's messy. But I guess Kate thinks her vampire's wife dresses can distract. <laughs> I was like, that's like messy to do. Yes. Them. I They're like that, actually I find going that wrong. after it. <laughs> um, wow, that is absolutely wild. I'm definitely, even though you've just told me the entire book, I'm definitely going to still listen. There's so much, like, there'll be every There's few so pages. With the Tina Brown one, you literally just need to skip the first, like, two thirds. Because it's like, right. when Charles and Camilla finally decided to oh. get married, I'm like, skip. <laughs> I yeah. don't fucking care. Wow. Mm. Wait, what was I just about to say about Harry and Meghan? Um, yeah. Oh, I just feel I just feel bad for Harry, like, being under all this pressure to, like, talk shit about his family He's to make silly, money. But remember yeah. when the royal family literally left them for dead and they were, like, on some island in Canada with no security? <laughs> Can you believe that happened? I actually can't believe that happened. That was crazy. Yeah. Left them for dead. They just, like, pulled all their security out and they were just, like, stuck on this fucking island in Canada. It was making me laugh because apparently Prince Andrew was complaining that, like, Princess Beatrice and Eugenie, when they got their 24-hour security pulled and then... Like, Prince Charles was like, 
no one wants to kill them. <laughs> like, oh like just like no one, like no one cares about them. So ra- would be so random them getting twenty four hour security. Yeah, it'd make you feel pretty cool though. <laughs> Apparently, well, actually, this circles back to Meghan and Harry because they insist on flying private jets everywhere. They just don't do themselves any favors. I know. She's just she's just a bit too like addicted to the glamour. I know. Um. Well, it proves that once again that money can't buy taste. Yeah. Her <laughs> in those Acrazura heels, striding off into the sunset, <laughs> striding off to Soho House. <laughs> I know the Soho House stuff makes me laugh so much. She, I'm surprised she's she wasn't, the queen of Soho House. Well, she's the queen of Soho House, but I'm surprised she wasn't like. Was she a founding member? At, I mean, she wasn't cool enough for the wing, but surely she no. would have had something to do with. The wing at some point or tried to had yeah i wonder what the timing is she was a bit of a soho house loyalist i think like one of her bezies was the toronto founder or something well yeah because um wasn't there wasn't one of their dates wasn't there one of one of their dates at soho house the first date was at the dean street one because that was her flexing that her she had a friend who, like, I can't remember what his job Surely was. Surely Harry wouldn't find that a flex. I mean, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> in America. Her, yeah. yeah, because in America, Soho House is, like, this crazy thing. Right. But it started here, so it's just not really – it's just kind it's of kind ever. Of, it's been yeah. around forever here. Yeah. So Harry would just be like, oh, you know, the Soho House guy, fine. Megan's like, yes, I've actually got a membership. <laughs> I love the idea of her, like, it's say, like knowing that Serena Williams is not her good friend and giving her – number to vanity fair just assuming that she would be like cover for her yeah it's like but that's so insane because who would do that (laughs) i know but i'm like maybe you would be like okay i'm dating prince harry i'm a big deal now i'm on the cover of vanity fair yeah well i guess now they're good friends so i wonder well aren't they they are. Well, I mean, they've definitely been, like, photographed together and Serena's, po- like, went to the wedding. Oh, and also, you know, they didn't know the Cloonies when they invited them to the wedding. Neither of them had met. Oh, my God. Them. And the Cloonies were like, oh. I would do that. That's- I'd invite, like, Rihanna. Oh, oh, my God. I can't believe I forgot this tidbit. <laughs> this is the best tidbit ever that you'll love the most. Megan accused all these stories were leaking to the press that were negative stories about Megan for that period of time. And Meghan and Harry apparently would spend all day, they'd get up and sit in bed together and spend all day going through Twitter and going through all the comments on the Daily Mail and going through everything. And then all night before bed doing it as well, like they got obsessed with it. And they became convinced that someone in their circle was leaking to the press. And Meghan became convinced it was Victoria Beckham. Oh. And Harry called David Beckham and confronted him about it. And now they don't talk anymore. Oh my God. Yes. I can't believe I forgot to tell you that should be my number one thing. Oh my God. Crazy. She like Victoria fully accused Beckham. her. And I was like, in what world would Victoria Victoria Beckham. Adams Beckham need it's to dot 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 it's dot, 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 dot Victoria Beckham? <laughs> Imagine if Megan just did that with us. How's this deranged podcast coming round in circles? <laughs> wow. It's literally. And then apparently they've like said hi to each other at events, but they're like not friends anymore, obviously, because that's fucking crazy. Why did she burn all of her key bridges? Oh, my God. 
okay, we have to stop recording. Okay. I get it. just be like, please, girls. And then Grace is like, chapter six. Chapter seven. <laughs> I just review it Prince chapter Harry, by chapter. You know, you start reading it out. <laughs> um, uh, okay. okay. Love you guys. Thanks. I appreciate you. <laughs> and Tina Brown. <laughs> and Team TV. Bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 